Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the fifth week of the winter, wait, hold on, no, spring 2017 anime season. Or, Ari- or summer if you're in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, at, once you get out of winter, it's just all summer. You get like a week of spring, maybe, and then just summer from here on out. Uh, I'm your host, Dustin. The person you just heard was Aaron, who amazingly actually talked during the intro, just never during his introduction segments. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to be 105 tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not the one who's going to have to be working over a 400-degree grill tomorrow. Yeah, but you're still in air conditioning. Uh, that Surprisingly, that doesn't matter much <laughs> in the area where I have to work. No, air conditioning runs away from it rapidly. Uh, Larry. Just buy some of those chill packs, Dustin. <laughs> Benton's back! Ben, Ben. You. Uh, as always, you can find show you notes. You didn't introduce uh, me. <laughs> I actually did, though. I don't remember that. Here's Aaron. As always, you can find show notes at both www.projectari.net and at Audio Entropy. Um... We will begin with Alice Tozoroku, episodes 4 and 5, where it's largely like, oh no, Alice is captured, time to go after her. Okay, sweet, we got her. After a very dramatic monologue, we now have Alice back. Yes, and a really cool fight scene. Yeah, Yeah. like, the fight scene was cool. Um, Yep. Like, I don't know, I... There's these two episodes. I feel like were a mixed bag taken all together, because like some of the backstory was interesting, some of it was really melodramatic and extremely like and malicious. You mean Mini C? Yeah. Yeah, and you, Mini C. Then you had Shizuka that copied, you know, countered her. So yeah, it, it was a good fight. I, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. five then, had a good fight. Four was kind of weird. Four was four. a little. Four, I kind of kind of bugged me because like a full, like almost a full, like third of it was Zoroku making his dramatic speech, mm-hmm. which like I don't know. Only four episodes in, it feels a little hollow to me. Uh, like he's known this girl you, for like a couple days, maybe. When, when you get to be seventy-two, you'll find you'll do things like that too. I just feel like it. I just feel like the show didn't really earn its huge melodramatic speech like this early in the show. Well, it's like the detective said, and I'm sure your grandfather's saying all these things. Yeah, because that's that's how grandfathers get to be. Also, it got kind of dark for a second where she just straight up shoots Sana's leg. Oh, yep. yeah. So yeah. it's like, whoa, like, whoa. I do really like Mini-C as a character. I think she's a very good antagonist. And that, like, she kind of just doesn't take any BS. <laughs> she's like, I am here to do a job, and I'm gonna do that job, and you will simmer down, or I will kneecap you. <laughs> Don't think I won't just because you're a child, because also you're a weapon, not really a child. (laughs) You're a weapon who has created for themselves a child body and is learning things as a child would. This surely can't go wrong. 
Well, you know that scene in there where uh, Alice is talking to her older self. And by the way, that's who the person in well, the, yeah, you know, was, yeah. So, yeah, that 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 older self seems like yeah. Well, remember all these things that you're telling me right now. You know, it's like uh, you know, you you you'll you'll regret it. And I'm smiling. I like the intro to that scene where she's like, uh, we're really not supposed to meet yet. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much so. Yeah, and you're flat. Boof. Yeah, just remember that when you get older. You're going to look in the mirror and go, oh my god. I'm not sure if this was intentional, but it did seem like as... Mini C was running out of power. The hands were getting smaller. Possible. Well, I think it was more that she just wanted to send a crap ton at her, so oh, she had that's a good point. Change from like two giant ones to a crap ton of little ones. Yeah, instead of, instead of using a hundred five millimeter howitzer, she settled for fifty cal. What's kind of weird is that uh, it doesn't show her like eating to replenish her energy. No, I'm not sure. And, like I said, you know, Shizuka, you know, Minnie looks at her and says, so what the hell are you? <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I'm very talented. Yeah, yeah. how are you able to yeah. do that? How are you able to ch ch make so many different things? Yeah, I'm just that good. Yeah, I, I'm good. Well, I do really like that she got her power from an anime. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, my, my, thinking, my thinking about that is that, uh, is that, is that all of the stuff that she was doing was was just like manifestations of a single power source or, si yeah, or a single it, a single type of power? Yeah, exactly. That, even though even though they had a wide variety of effects, they came from like you know that an they all came from that anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like. I love that it came from an anime because it is the most anime power because it's like concerned with being ex overly complicated yet extremely versatile. <laughs> yeah, Operation Zero Five. <laughs> yeah, it's like what six hundred sixty-six weapons and thirteen grimoires. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's anime. Yeah, that's ex that's extremely light novel right there. That is a light novel magic system. <laughs> I just... And then that that and then that computer whiz in a helicopter, <laughs> Yamada. Yes, I like her too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, she was weird. Well, that's their impression of a geek, and yeah. Well, not just a geek, but like a lesbian stalker geek. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm glad you did. So Tharja, but as a computer nerd. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Which she kind of is. If Tharja had access to computers, she totally would be. Yeah. God, can uh, you imagine it... her cyber-stalking? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Tharja just installs, like, apps on your phone to watch you. Yeah. It's so I can destroy your enemies. Uh, but yeah. I... I still like this show. Uh, there's definitely a lot of good things about it. Um, there's plenty of good characters, for example, uh, and the fight scenes are general are like generally um, 
pretty well done with some creative uses of powers. I just have issues with the dialogue sometimes because it can be a bit. It, it kind of it can kind of vacillate between utilitarian and just kind of like overly sappy. Yeah, well, now that we're done with Mini C, I'm not sure if that's going to continue or not. Hopefully, well, it's not like every character that's introduced then gets a half hour episode of how their life was awful of their tragic backstory like the beauty and the beast squad from (laughs) yeah yeah well that's the thing is that like i'm is yeah i thought like these episodes were were good and but i'm worried about like what where does the show go from here yeah Yeah. that was one of my main things that i wanted to bring up is it felt like at the end of episode five that you could have just ended the show right there Yep, it's and like, it all right, fun. we're good. It's like, well, that was a good miniseries. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give them both fours. Uh, I'm going to give four a three and five a four. I'm going to give them both fours. Yeah, same. Four and four. All right. Really also, really it felt a bit too easy yeah, well, that we the... That the uh, the organization was basically immediately removed and destroyed and shut down and everything's good now. Everything's good now. You think? Like, I, I hope that's just a bait and switch. There's no way yeah, that it I'm isn't. Because if it is, it, rather, if it isn't a beta switch, what? Bait and switch. I'm getting confused now. <laughs> a beta switch. If, if that is played straight, <laughs> that's going to be highly disappointing. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. A beta switch, that's something that either works or it doesn't right. work or it might yeah, work or it could it work. It seems to me what was happening was that, like, behind the scenes, like, Naito and his crew were basically, uh, basically pulling a political power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, like, the political forces, the political forces that were backing the, like, research lab that was, like, you know, that had been <clears throat> imprisoning uh, Sana and company. Like, I mean, those people are currently politically marginalized, but they're still there. So they might make a comeback. The other thing that that was weird is when they were still in the car, um, like, Sana still had her powers, and then she's like, oh, now you've run out of energy. But her flower was still fully... Flowery, which yeah, but it wasn't. I don't either. Yeah. Which it's either that or previously they've previously well, they haven't stated, but the, the implication is that as their petal things disappear, they get weaker, which was kind of weird. Maybe, maybe somebody put the wrong graphic in. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't either. Anyway, it's not a, that big of a deal. Nope, it's not. Moving right along. Yep. Seikai Surukado, episodes three and four. Which finally answers the question of where the hell is the rest of the world? Yeah, it turns out they're just watching really closely and as soon as Japan gets offered like the the whams. Which like, where's A C D C Uh they're like, hey Japan! How about you give us those as well, or we'll shoot you with missiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or we'll just destroy your country. It's like, oh, that escalated quickly. 
I did like that I do, back and forth. I do really like that Kado kept a recording of the meeting. And then he's like, hey, by the way, you laughed during the diplomatic talks. And she's like, no, I didn't. It's like, I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I have video evidence. Well, it wasn't that. It was one of the the uh, the reporter's cameras. Because then, yeah, she, then oh, yeah. she downvotes it. Yeah, it was on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, aw, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, the... This is starting to make me think that, like... Because the real question is, like, what is... What is, uh the <clears throat> i can't remember this alien's name because uh, it's ridiculous okay. yeah the alien's name is yahaki zashunina yeah right. the alien zashunina we're, we're just gonna so, say alien obviously the, the big question is like why is zashunina here and he says like oh i'm here to help you advance your society uh of course not everyone is gonna immediately believe that because why would you <laughs> because alien it's like yes, I will advance society society for free, asking nothing in return. It's like okay, um, uh, so I th- I think episode five, sorry episode four, sort of like makes starts to hint at the idea that advancing their society is kind of, isn't actually the end goal uh, behind giving them the whams and stuff like that. Like, the reasoning behind giving them the whams is to see what they do, and that's the goal. Well, also, there's the possibility that, uh, that, uh, Zashinina needs them, needs, uh, like, this uplifted humanity to do something for him. Um, yeah, I mean, that would, that would be, okay, I, sh- I'm not I can't, sure if it's I, gonna go that I can't far. make that comparison because I would spoil that movie. Yeah, I, but... I know what movie you're talking about, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know, like, that's possible, but currently my thinking is he wants to see what humanity's reaction is to getting uplifted to see if, like, they can actually keep it together. Um, I also because love... he doesn't seem outright hostile, but also he's just guarded enough and does things in a... I wouldn't say, like... That's, he, he, his methods aren't, like, completely benign. Because if they were, he wouldn't have felt the need to kidnap a bunch of people from a plane. Well, he didn't. It was an accident. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that... It, he yeah. says that, but also if it was just an accident, then why his, Why is he releasing them, like, slowly, one at a time? Like, very they, slowly over they the explain course of the that, that it takes a while for them to... for the cube thing to process them. And make sure oh, that they don't okay. just like dissolve when they come out. Oh, okay, right. I've, I must have missed that. Oh, of course, that's his explanation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still skeptical of that dude. Like, I don't think he's malevolent, but I also don't think he's just like Santa Claus. <laughs> like, there's a, like, there's, he's there's... definitely got an ulterior motive. Again, I've well, seen a lot and... of talk about how, like the. Like, um, basically that 
he doesn't understand the concept of good and evil. So he he's not like he's not malevolent or benevolent, but it's it's intentionally. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that that's also a decent point that like considering he comes from a completely different dimension of existence, like morality would likely not look the same or be approached the same way by him. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's definitely a show that makes you think a lot about people's motivations and, like, goals and kind of, like, turn everything around in your head like a puzzle box which uh which which kind of makes up for how somewhat simplistic the character the characters are um because like ultimately like they're they don't super need to be fleshed out they just need to be around to like kind of bounce off each other and offer differing viewpoints and like force you to think about things from different points of view Mm -hmm. yeah this is a very this is an idea centered show not a not a character centered show i would definitely agree with that i do like Uh, anytime uh the alien interacts with things and like detaches his arms to hold stuff yeah just like i can't be bothered to move my arm so i'm just gonna detach them and send them in like alternate space to hold stuff yeah i I really i really like whenever the show emphasizes just how weird his existence is yeah like he uh like when they give him when they give him a cell phone he like you know detaches both of his arms and holds it up with both with both of his detached arms yeah and when he's reading the book yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is deeply strange. Uh So, yeah, I'm really enjoying this show. I give it a 5. Uh I will also go to 5. Yeah. All right. Uh and let's move I, I on. I think I think I finally gotten used to the uh the art style. Yeah, like, I actually don't mind it that much. I, I feel like in this sort of show, the the kind of, like, the CGI that would normally look dodgy, say, in something like, uh, oh god, what am I thinking of? Um, Knights of Sidonia? Like, it, it's, it, it's fine here because you don't need people to do a whole lot. Yeah, it's, like, again, just not kinda, point. Yeah, you kind of just may- need to make them, like, do normal, simple human motions, like walking around or, like, holding a camera or, like, writing things down on a notepad, not, like, doing crazy action sequences. Yeah, and, yeah, well, the CG also allows them to, uh, like, to emphasize the alienness of Kato. Yeah. And, and Zashinina. God, I really love the design of the cube. It's so good. Yes. It's so, so good. Uh, just fractal, just like constantly moving, like constantly modifying fractals. It's great. Uh, all right. 
let's move on to Little Witch Academia, episodes 16 through 17. Yeah, so 16, they uh, visit Latte, uh, uh, Latte's family, who is fantastic and extremely Finnish. Well, uh, in fact, let me see if I can find... Well, yes. Yeah. Fathomless Blue tweeted a lot about this. Yeah, it's, a, it's, an homage, it's, an, it's an homage to the Moomin series by Tom yeah. Jansen. Which I is really where... appreciated his tweets about it. Otherwise, I don't think I ever would have noticed those references yeah i wouldn't have gotten it either uh you know although like yeah it's like oh yeah that's where they got the name jansen that's uh that's also an you know that's an homage to the author of the moomin series yeah her her parents are adorable i love their designs uh i love the look of the yeti that uh, Akko has to like go and ask for help from and there's that whole sequence where the Yeti's kind of like half-assing the job and Akko's like not taking it come on we can do better than that well they made fun of me well okay you're good don't it's worry like, about look, it. It's like, look the internet sucks don't listen to the internet <laughs> basically But yeah, I mean, Akko has moments of brilliance. Indeed, um, I also just like the idea of just how specific the thing that happens in this episode is. It's like, yes, this will only happen in a in like a, a scenario that might come about in a thousand years, where the stars align just perfectly and a pastry is baked at this exact moment. <laughs> A perfect pastry is baked at this yeah. moment. Yeah. It must be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And her trials and tribulations of, uh, you know, finding finding everything and then getting it all together, it's like, yeah, okay, this works. Just keep her out of my kitchen. But yeah, this was a really fun episode. And episode 18 was really fun as well. Oh, uh, oh I... In episode, yeah, you mean, uh, wait. Sorry, 17, 17. Yeah, 16 yeah. and well, Okay, one of the things I loved about episode 16 was, uh, like, the different reactions to those pies, where, like, where Akko can't stand it, and, uh, Susie's like, this is great. Oh, yeah, I mean, of course yeah, Susie would love it. <laughs> she, she's wolfing it down once 13ths and 14ths, yeah. But then again, this is Susie. I mean, if she, you know, I, I thought it was uh, apropos when they Susie uh, converted to the moss monster that she was holding a toadstool. Of course, it's the only way to go down fighting is holding a toadstool in your hand. Well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, go moving on to uh, episode seventeen. Yeah, where we actually get an episode that's, uh, uh, what's the sort of show-off acrobat's name? Uh, Amanda O'Neill. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda O'Neill yes. gets kind of her spotlight episode here. Yes, where, does a wonderful job. Yeah, where she 
dresses up like a boy and then does sword fighting. Well, she's looking to get herself kicked out of school, so she figures she's going to go down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and she doesn't really care if she actually helps Akko in the process. That's that's more of like a side Initially, bonus thing if she happens to accomplish it in her mind. Right. I think that was an. I think that was initially, but I. I oh yeah, think, by the uh, end she cared. The, yeah, I think after the statue came to life, she's like, "Holy, you on? This is bad news." Oh yeah, and and let's see. This this episode was really good for Edward too. You mean Andrew? Or, or uh, Andrew? Sorry, right, Andrew. And, and, yes. And and Mister Mister Snotty Noses, you know, he's like, but Dad, yeah, we were just gonna burn him at the stake. <laughs> they pulled out an Iron Maiden. <laughs> I was like, well, why do you have that at your school? I was waiting for a line, but dad, we're only going to burn him at the stake. Yeah. Uh, that seems yeah. to be what their dad wanted them to do. I think also part of uh, Amanda's motivations is that, yeah, when they start, you know, smack talking witches, she's like, I gotta get one over on these guys. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, you are, I'm going to punch you right in the face. You, 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 you picked you, you pick the wrong person to pick on. You just don't That fight you. scene was really good. Yeah, I was not, I was honestly not really expecting that, um, but yeah, like, that, that was real cool how acrobatic it was, um, the location for it was pretty dramatic too, like, on a sunlit bridge. Uh, well, Trigger can, <laughs> Trigger can pull out some, some great animation when they want to. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely, like, that's kind of all that, all that Kill La Kill was, um, it's just I wasn't necessarily expecting a crazy sword fight in Little Witch Academia. Well, I'm beginning to realize with Little Witch, you expect the unexpected, especially when we find out who the little purple and red cubes belong to that started oh, this whole bang shebang. In the yeah, movie. yeah, Croy. Um, which, speaking of that suit of armor, I really like the design of that thing. It looked like a Dark Souls boss. And Croy's, uh, she's working on, uh, she's working on being a good baddie here. <clears throat> well, yeah, well, I mean, what she's trying to do is she's, she's trying to find a way to bring back magic, but the way she's doing it is ultimately going to cause more harm than good. Yeah, because she's trying to find the words for, for herself, um, but yeah, like, she doesn't. Like her, her, her desire to bring back magic is much different from Akko's. Especially like with the experiments we know she's been doing with like emotional energy affecting magic output. Yep. Yep. It's like, hmm, rage makes the most. It's like, that's bad. And you know, I'm still kind of sort of surprised. I thought Ursula would have by now said, uh, yeah, there's something else that I really, really, really ought to tell you. She really ought to know and it would make things a lot more sensible, but she hasn't done that yet. 
Yeah, that. I feel like. I feel like. Yeah, that is the big question of like when is Ursula actually gonna let her Akko know? Akko know that. And I feel like that's just not gonna happen until Akko's life is in danger and she's kind of forced to. Um, Which I'm gonna guess. Second to last episode is when Akko finds out. <laughs> well, gets me is Croy knows who Ursula is, and I'm really surprised that she, out of just spite. Well, she no, I totally know why she hasn't. Because if Croy tells her that, then she's gonna lose her influence with Akko. Because, like, if she reveals, like, oh yeah, your hero is right there. Then Akko isn't gonna go to anyone else. She's just gonna go to Chariot for advice. She's not gonna listen to. Croy loses a lot of her influence over Akko if she does that. So it's in Croy's best interest to stay mum. So that Ursula is just like is like just another professor. Mum's the word, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. episodes so, 16 and 17, we'll I give them both fives. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then we move on to something... I'm not quite sure what Hero we're Academy, <laughs> episodes 17 through 18, continuing the tournament arc. Uh, specifically um, dealing with the, um, the second round... Uh, with the four teams and like the grabbing the point bandanas, uh, I really like how the sort of I really like how the team ups worked in this because it gave us a chance to see people's powers um, who don't generally get a whole lot of screen time. Yeah, and you had Sue sitting there going, eh, "Yeah." She she teamed up with the guy with the sticky balls, and that was in fact that that was an interesting team all well, the way around. Well, well, all the team ups, all the team ups were interesting. Yeah, I really liked uh, the bird guy getting to show off his powers for a while, like get it. Also, doing like his explanation of like what his deal is, uh, where his quirk. Is where a shadow is easier to control in the day, but it's also weaker. Yeah, um, yeah, that that guy is Tokuyami. Yeah, Tokuyami has a really cool design, and he's a very good boy. And I liked his presence in this episode. <laughs> oh man, there, there's a bad line, and I'm just gonna pass. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I mean, his quirk, his quirk is basically a stand. I also, yeah, basically. Yeah. I also right. really like Deku yeah. just, like, completely losing control of his emotions when Uraraka is like, I'll be on your team. <laughs> just erupts in a fountain yeah. of tears. Just yeah. like his mother. Yeah. I wonder where he got it from. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also like Ida sort of getting to show off and also being rewarded, like for his hard work. Like he actually uh, gets to have uh, the spotlight a bit um, in the first episode, where 
Actually, no, sorry, not the first episode. The second episode where he does his crazy, like, lightning speed dash. It burns yeah. out his uh, shoebies. And also the girl from the from the support team. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the crazy inventor. Hatsume. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch. watch like, she was a lot of fun. Uh, honestly, like, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say anything bad about these episodes. Like, I can't really think of anything I didn't like. Uh, because it was a, it was a really clever way of, it's, it's just a really clever idea for this tournament. Um, and again, like, I, I appreciate how Hero Academy doesn't just sweep a bunch of its characters to the side like other shonen shows do where it's like oh yeah well we're gonna spend most of our time with like these three and like everyone else will occasionally show up like in, in hero academy everyone's important yep so uh let's see i guess we're now to the final round yeah of and Whatever, whatever shape. Yeah, and we're gonna get to more insight into Todoroki's uh, uh, relationship with his father, um, which I already know a little bit about, and it's and it's yeah, <laughs> poor guy. Oh, that kind of relates. I mean, Todoroki's father is a man who is constantly on fire and constantly <laughs> glaring. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. Right. And, res and responds to All Might by glaring at him. Well, yeah, that's... So, like, you can tell he's not a good... Yeah, well, you can tell he's probably not a fun dude to have for a father. Well, and the other thing, it looks like him and All Might are going to square off in the next episode, too. So, that'll be interesting. Because All Might retaining his form is becoming less and less of time, so... I'm really surprised somewhere along the line he doesn't... Well, that's probably going to happen. He's going to go poof uh, with too many people around. Uh, uh, so we're giving... I'm giving both of these fives. Uh, I really five. enjoyed them. Fives, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you guys go thunderbolting and I'll be back so we can rage. Alright. Yeah, so Thunder Gundam Thunderbolt, episode five... Um, this is kind of like a catch-up episode a little bit in terms of like, because between episode four and five, there is an, there is a time skip that we don't really get to see, um, where the, the characters have been transferred to a different location. Well, yeah, because uh, the, uh, yeah, because the, uh, the one-year war has just ended, and so, you know, all these, uh... You know, all the like all these soldiers are you know basically being moved around. Yeah. So we kind of begin with a uh, space battle um, where we get our first glimpse of um, the new uh, red-haired girl, um, who's going to be one of my favorites uh, once we get around to talking about episode six. Um, and as usual, the, 
the just the mech destructions in this show are like kind of ugly and brutal <laughs> especially when like energy weapons in, in, in are involved because there's lots of melting there's a lot of melting mm-hmm yeah right yeah that's See, that's the thing I've always that's the thing I've always liked about Gundam Thunderbolt is uh, is that you know like like the mechs are cool but it avoids the trap you know it it, it sticks to its anti-war guns and uh, av- you know avoids the trap of romanticizing these mech battles. Yeah, I super enjoy the scene where we see. Um... Oh, gosh, what's the uh, Zeon main character's name? Uh, Daryl. Daryl, yeah. Where we see, like, Daryl in his uh, new mech, uh, and he's, like, trying to reach for the control sticks, and, like, he's... Like, because he he now has two prosthetic arms, and, like, he's just not able to control them properly. And so we kind of get to see firsthand, like his like what his sacrifice has kind of like meant for him over the long term like now that he no longer has access to the uh the psycho zaku i believe it was right um also we see what the point of the operation in in space was and that's to rescue io uh who our first our first sight of him in episode five is completely naked holding a gun, surrounded by a bunch of, like, uh, dead Zeon soldiers who are bleeding out. It's a hell of an introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, for the most part, enjoyed this episode. Um, I feel like around the middle it's almost a little too slow um but i like the i like the conversations that the zeon soldiers had about like sort of being on a beach for like the first time on earth and being like like some of them are enjoying it like uh daryl is clearly enjoying it and others are like i don't know about this whole beach situation man i think i'd prefer to just be back in space (laughs) Right. Uh, anyway. And then, uh, if I remember, yeah, then we sort of, like, get, um, we get a scene near the middle of, uh, Xeon mechs, like, like, going into the water, which, uh, will become relevant in the next episode. And something I actually didn't entirely remember because i had watched episode five like a week before i watched episode six yeah i watched episode five several weeks ago so uh, my memory on some uh some parts of it are kind of kind of fading but yeah then uh Near the end, we get one of my favorite scenes from episode five, which is um, Cornelius talking to Bianca. 
and just basically like nerding out about gun cannons. <laughs> and uh, she's asking about like the Thunderbolt incident. Um, and it's pretty good. Like, I, I really like how they interact with each other. I just really like Bianca, uh, Bianca's design and personality. Um, again, I, there's more, like, there's a lot more to talk about her, uh, with episode six. So I will be very excited to get to that next week. Yeah. Um, I will but I, I, but I think she adds a very important dynamic to the roster of this show because, like, Io's kind of a cocky asshole, and Daryl is a sort of um, not necessarily serious, but he is a like very dedicated. He's almost like a lawful good paladin. <laughs> Like he's he's a very dedicated to the cause kind of no nonsense soldier, um, whereas like Bianca is a lot more playful about things. Like even though it's war, she finds like things to enjoy about the kind of crappy scenario they find themselves in. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of, like, during the sequence where uh, the Federation soldiers are heading down to Earth's surface um, in a shuttle, and she just takes off her harness um, to, like, move about the cabin and, like, look down at the ocean from uh, the atmosphere. Because, like, she's never seen the ocean before, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just real good. I like it. Um, so I'm going to give episode five a four. Yeah, same here. I, uh, yeah, this series is, it's bringing it. Yeah, I really like it. It's, it's a very different feel from basically any other Gundam I've seen. Like even, even, even O8MS team, which is often cited as the grounded so the more grounded Gundam, which I think is accurate, uh, even though the MS team had a pretty different tone from Thunderbolt. Um, I don't know, maybe one of these years. I think you'd probably it. like the MS team. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen it either. Let's move on to Rage of Bahamut Virgin Soul episodes three through four. Um, where th the future is not looking too good for Kaiser. <laughs> it's not looking too... He's, he's being a little no. too uh, bleeding heart for his, uh, for his, um, uh, king's, uh, liking. Uh, his king has already got him drawn <laughs> and quartered. I also like how... Sorry. I can continue Sorry. to enjoy Rita's presence in this show... Um, cause I just opened up episode three cause again, it's been a while since I watched it. So I'm trying to remember like, uh, more of the stuff that happened in it, but it kind of opens with Rita again, like taking care of, uh, Nina and the rag demon. And like, 
she uh, like the rag demon is just like sitting on the table like getting antiseptic kind of like uh, dabbed onto his wounds and Rita of course because she's Rita is just like oh suck it up <laughs> yeah like I, th- I thought demons were tougher than this <laughs> because Rita will not Rita will like talk back to anybody she doesn't care Oh, she's a well-grounded <laughs> zombie. I did really like the uh, the arm wrestling like scheme that Vakas's duck and Nina were pulling off. Like, this is one of the times where I actually kind of liked Nina being a kind of like goofy main character because I think this works in a way that her other goofiness doesn't necessarily and it feels like it, it feels like a more like realistic uh it feels like a more realistic um uh outlet for her goofiness as opposed to just being like aren't i quirky well now wait a minute see she admits something or gets asked to no she she says who her teacher is and after finding out who her teacher is we understand why oh, she's yeah, as quirky that's as she is. Right. Yeah. Her teacher's Favro. It's like, they're like, I mean, everybody's spitting stuff across the table going, F- 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 no, wait. I mean, right. even, even, even say, Favreau yeah. wasn't quite that extreme. I also like that the implication there is that Favreau is not attractive. Because <laughs> remember, she, she thought Kaiser was attractive. She thought the rag demon was attractive. She thought in episode three, she thinks like this. I can't remember exactly who he is. I think he's a prince. I want to say, uh, I think he's the king in disguise, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Like she thinks he's attractive. Basically every boy and that has appeared in this show as a main character, Nina thinks is hot, but apparently not Favreau. <laughs> Well, although <laughs> which is just really funny to me. Well, at this point, Favreau has like scars all over him. Uh. So maybe that might be a that might be a point against him. True. Yeah, Favreau's had a bad time from. But I still just the look on look on everybody's face when she goes, "Oh yeah, Favreau," and they're like, "Favreau," <laughs> and it never went any further than that because that's about the time what's his name showed up, Kaiser showed up and ruined the rest of the scene. <laughs> All right, jerk. All right, I guess you're right. It is the king of the right. king in disguise because I, I right. yeah, there's his eyes. He's got the same like kind of asshole stern eyes. Yeah. The interesting thing what <clears throat> what makes that scene interesting is that it reveals that like. Kaiser's there's way more going on with Kaiser's king than we initially suspected of, about just because initially he seems just kind of like an asshole, but like now we know he's actually strong enough to arm wrestle a dragon, so like there's something more about him than just being a normal asshole human who hates demons. Well, well, and see, and then we also find out that. Uh... The child that's with the rag demon is Joan of Arc, and I'm not sure who the father is, but I think it's got to be Michael. But anyway, yeah, it's her child. It's like, okay, 
everybody's kind of been sort of busy in this series <laughs> here while we weren't looking. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that arm wrestling bit, it, remind, it reminded me of uh, uh, this bit from Hunter Hunter. Uh, because uh, there was a there was a set, there was a like a couple episodes of Hunter Hunter where uh, you know where Gon and Killua are uh, you know basically try basically go, do the arm wrestling do the arm wrestling uh, scheme in order to make money. It's so uh, that uh, that bit in that episode this episode uh, reminded me of that. Yeah. But, so, um, good times. Let's. Well, Nina, Nina just you know she she at least the rag demon now knows what it takes to turn. Yeah, let's talk about episode four. <laughs> yeah, because Nina reveals like what her deal is to the rag demon. He's all like. Well, if you can't control it, how about you let me control it? And he's like, what do you mean? Let me have sex with you so I can turn you into a dragon. And he was like, no! It's not happening. I'm running away now. Which I think is a complete... Yeah, she's running through... She's Which I think is a completely reasonable thing to, thing to do, honestly, given that situation. Given Nina's approximate age, yeah. It's like when a dude tells you, let me bang you so I can use you for my conquest. Like, you should probably just leave. <laughs> should probably, you should probably go. <laughs> it's not going to work out. <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, I'm... It's just because I don't have anything to add to it. You pretty much say you pretty much said what I was gonna say. And so when she finally does turn into a dragon, boy, can she raise hell. The only problem is, is when she's no longer a dragon, she doesn't uh, remember able... anything. Well, not only does she not remember anything, but somebody's got to uh, upscound with her before she catches her death a cold. Yeah, which, that that actually, that leads to one question that I have, is where does she get her spare outfits from? Yeah, because, like, they're not normal outfits. Like, they're very specific. Uh, well, unless she's, um... Does Bacchus just make them for her? <laughs> yeah, uh, also, same, same for her bracer. Because uh, she got that bracer from Favro. But like, yeah. what happened to it when she got turned into a dragon? Maybe it just melds into her flesh. I don't know, man. I mean, oh well, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that because it was crafted by a god. But, but yeah, this is—I <laughs> think this is going to be interesting all the way around how this turns out because. I have to admit, they have me just a tad bit confused at the moment, which is good and bad. I don't mind being confused, but just don't leave me confused for too long, because then I get confused. Yeah. 
so I really enjoyed these episodes. Uh, I am going to give the fours. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I could live through fours. Yeah. I'm going to give episode three a four. I'm actually going to give episode four a five. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, like, I feel like they're starting to lay off of Nina's quirkiness a bit and, like, give her, like, an actual character. Um, so, yeah, if, if this trend continues, I think I might actually start to grow to like Nina. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of what they're doing here. Well, Nina's kind of like their Akko, so, yeah. The opening song is still garbage, though. Like that's a I, that's a it's a real bad opening song. You know, I have to admit, I haven't heard it. I kind of have these. If I hit the keys twice, it kind of jumps over the beginning. Yeah, it's don't bother. It's really bad. Like it's the Thank only you. opening I constant I consistently skip every single time. Well, you know. Our musical tastes are close, so if you think it's that bad, then I will. Well, agree and, uh, it's basically it's basically like screamo death metal. Yeah, and not even like good screamo oh, death metal. Wait a minute, you mean like bad fingernails on a cheap blackboard? Yeah, because like I've heard good screamo death metal. This is not that. <laughs> okay. Musical reviews are next week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think I personally think it's okay, but not great. Oh, uh, it's it so doesn't fit the tone of the show either. <laughs> like, anyway, moving on to eccentric family episodes three and four, where episodes back episode three starts extremely well <laughs> with uh. With the one illusionist dude, like, pulling the moon from the sky. And then, like, talking crap about Benton. Who then, very conveniently, appears and proceeds to step on him. <laughs> Drive a spike high heel into his head. Yeah, that high heel looks very painful. <laughs> uh, they are, let me tell you. I've, I've had a couple stepped on me in my time. <laughs> She just like okay. she just like completely owned him. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like still, like you're still alive. Give me five minutes. I'll make you wish you never were born. Yeah, this is the kind of woman that you do not get aggravated for any length of time. So like about five minutes into this episode of Eccentric Family, um, Benton like takes the moon from the guy and is like oh the moon i've always wanted to own the moon and yasubro is like i i'd really like you to give give the moon back it's kind of important to tanuki i'd really appreciate it and this scene is is very good not only for the sort of back and forth dialogue but because i think it illustrates like it, it really effectively illustrates what Yasuburo and Benten's relationship is like and why it's both very compelling and also pretty, like, bad, actually. Um, it's... It's weird, because it's all... Like, it's a half step away from being an abusive relationship, but also it's really entertaining to watch. In sort of, like... 
you know how you know how when we were talking about Darara, where we were like, yeah, Selty and Shinra have a really fun relationship, but also like it's hard to ignore that it started started off in maybe the creepiest way possible. <laughs> um like Benton and Yasuburo Yasuburo also have like a similar there's also a similar conflict going on in in my head for Benton and Yasuburo's relationship where like it's extremely entertaining but also Benton's like actually a giant asshole. <laughs> and <clears throat> well she I mean like aside from her just being like selfish and entitled like there's the thing where she knows she can get away with toying with Yasuburo because Yasuburo genuinely really likes her and is fascinated by her and finds her interesting. And so like what she does is like she very intentionally like gives him a tiny bit of affection to keep him going but but at no point ever indicates whether or not that she'll actually reciprocate his feelings or if she or if she's going to or if she's just not interested in that from him or if she's just not interested in any sort of romantic relationship with anybody yeah. um i mean yeah she uses she she purposefully uses that ambiguity to manipulate him and it's super messed up like, as much as I like their interactions together, it's like, Yasuburo, dude, like, you need to just cut her out of your life because she's bad for you. Huh. Well, the thing, the thing is, is that, yeah, the stuff she pulls, she does that with, she does that with all the other guys that she deals with, too. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's like, sort of, that's her, seems to be her default mode for dealing with men. But at the same time, she she does afford Yasuburo, like, certain privileges that she does in others. And kind of, like, makes him think, like, well, maybe for me it'll be different. Yeah. It's like, maybe if I just, maybe if I just keep, like, helping her out and keep, like, being nice to her. It's like, no. No. She doesn't care, dude. (laughs) She's just... She just doesn't want that out of people. Like, she's not interested in that sort of thing. And so, you know, Dan and I just finished watching an anime series about Shogi. And what did we get in these episodes? Yeah, Shogi. Or Shogi. Yeah. 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 Uh, But that's kind of skipping ahead, because, like... I know, but I just... just, I, I wanted to kind of motivate here a little bit yeah sorry i'll I'll move on because that's kind of all i really want to say about that scene um because also like i shouldn't forget like we should definitely mention that also in episode three yasuburo's mom goes to meet her mom and yasuburo's grandma is just the most adorable thing in the world (laughs) and just scatterbrained enough to be the typical grandmother yeah yeah she's got like sort of like mild alzheimer's almost well and she can't see so she has to do everything by scent yeah 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 she has a she has a really interesting design that's very different from how we've 
like seeing other tanuki like she's very she's like a living puffball yes uh i don't know i thought that sequence went on for a bit too long yeah i agree with that like i like the idea of it but yeah it was almost a little cloying in how long it went on it's it's basically the saying, you know, old people don't move real fast. Well, some do and some don't. They're like ants. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Grandpa I'll growl at you here in a minute. Uh, anyway, moving right along. But yeah, so we now, like, it's eventually, now we can move on. It's eventually revealed that like the reason, like part of the reason she went to go visit her mom was like to get to like get advice on how to how to transform back how to like help her son who's trapped as a frog sonny boy the frog i want him to be a tanuki again okay okay your grandson huh i have grandchildren yeah (laughs) i do like how the how the frog is now able to transform into a train but nothing else yes Oh, he's made it that far. And also, like, just has a shogi board in his well now. Well, and then we come to find out that Dad had a shogi board. and it Yeah, it, this, this was... Now we, we're getting into the episode where it gets a little fun. This, this... Yeah. Yeah, the, the last thing I want to mention about episode three is that we finally meet a person who just does not put up with Ben 10 even a little bit. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, and that got... is and that is the new Tanuki in the house. Sorry, the, uh, the new the new the new uh Tengu in the house. And well, and that's it is his father that's uh the it's, uh, uh, Benton's crush's son. Yeah, Nidaime. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love how we meet him in this episode because like he's speed ironing identical button-down shirts <laughs> like this is the most boring man who has ever lived oh <laughs> uh, it's so great it, it's it says so much about him that not only is he spending his free time ironing but he's ironing like eight button-down shirts that all look exactly the same <laughs> And they're all white. In fact, his entire outfit is white. He has white, a white shirt, white pants, white shoes, a black belt. He has he must have gone no to, color. He must have gone to, okay, for you people who are old, he must have gone to the Pat Boone School of Dressing. So, I'll be in. Li- listeners, if you got that joke, please write in because I did not. Uh, I sort of got it, because I actually know who Pat Boone is. Oh, okay. So anyway, yes, we're, we're moving right along here. And having fun while we're doing it, we must have yeah, fun while we're Yeah, the, uh, the, the end of the episode when, uh, yeah, when Nidaime, uh, uh, meets up with Benten, it's like, you know, yeah, Nidaime's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go take, take a nap. And Benton's like, no, I'm gonna sit here. Yeah, and, and the Daimi's polite for a while. 
But then at a certain In point, when he knows, when he realizes that Benton, this is, oh God, Nadaimi pulls the most baller move we have ever seen in this show, where yeah. he pulls the tablecloth from the table like a magician, nothing gets moved, puts it on the floor in front of the couch, walks behind the couch, tips it over and just rolls Benton onto the tablecloth. And it's Dumps so good. <laughs> Dumps her on her butt. Oh, it's oh. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get ready for the... Uh, I like the show, how the Shogi game went, by the way. That was uh, entertaining until the two goofy brothers decided that they were going to throw in their two cents worth. <clears throat> Yeah, Ginkaku and uh, Kinkaku. Yeah, those two assholes. Yeah, it was sort of interesting which uh, what the which uh, like which shogi pieces they were playing because because uh, if you notice then uh, that okay Yasaburo was playing a knight, uh, Yaichiro, his older brother, was playing a rook, and. Uh, uh, Ginkaku and Kinkaku were playing the gold and silver. Yeah. Uh, they, they are pretty full of themselves, aren't they? Correct. Yeah, I I don't know much about Shogi, so that jo- those jokes flew completely over my well, head. The, well, okay. Well, okay, because Gin is the word for silver, and Kin is the word for gold. So it's actually a pun on their names. Uh, that's all right. I like when she got mad, turned into a tiger, and was going to have him for lunch. <laughs> I, I I do like the beginning of this episode. Well, well, not the very beginning, but like after the opening, uh, where, um, where Yasuburo is like, uh, temporarily. Um, being the tanuki in the zoo for like the other tanuki family who traditionally is at the zoo and he's also and he's also with his frog brother and like the little kids watching him are like that frog is controlling that tanuki the frog is driving the frog yeah okay let's see so what are we going to give these episodes on a scale of one to and five? also how the frog like is hiding the shogi board from view like under like a shade it's like so people don't notice that he's playing shogi <clears throat> yeah it's... uh well um, yeah the other thing uh, especially noteworthy is the uh the resolution between uh the resolution between uh, Yaichiro and uh, and uh, see that girl going go yeah begins yeah Gyo Gyo Karan yes right yeah yeah I think you're right yep Nanzenji Gyo Karan yeah I love when she just has had more than enough of. Ginkaku and his brothers like garbage and just turns into a giant lion. <laughs> Tiger shot, sorry. 
It's it's white it's, tiger. She's she's going to have it's one. Pretty it's pretty good. Yep. <clears throat> she's looking for lunch. Yeah. All right. So anyway, back on a scale of one to five. Yeah. So uh, yeah, good times. Uh, yeah, I give uh, episode three a four and episode four a five. Uh, I will also, I'll give them both fives. Um, yeah, me too. I just want to mention quickly before we go, and that's, and that is the cold open for episode four, where we see Ben Ten's reaction to Nadaime's, uh, to, to, to Nadaime, like, shoving her out of the couch. And, like, we see that, like, Benton talks a big game, but when it really comes down to it, the only thing, she, like, she does to Nadaimi is take a bunch of his shirts out of the closet and then, like, put up, throw them on the floor and step on them. Oh, that's, that's, to a neatness freak, that's, that's pretty Which, like, which, like. It seems like just more petty than anything. <laughs> like, oh, it is. Um, yeah. So like, we're starting to see like, because it's the first time we've really we've really seen anyone stand stand up to Benton, and like she doesn't really know what to do about it. And like the best thing that she can think of is like, I'll, I'll mess up your shirts. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the pro- yeah, that's the, the problem with that. Usually, is is uh, four or five minutes later when they're walking down the street, all of a sudden the revenge mode kicks in, and then they come up with a really brilliant idea that shows up later, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, a woman scorned. <laughs> I know. I I do kind of hope that this season of uh, eccentric family, like. At least partly includes like the slow dismantling of Benton's whole like facade. <clears throat> yeah, one can hope. Somebody taking Benton down the notch would be all right, but they just got to be careful how far they go because. I have a feeling if you crossed her too far, it could get ugly. Yeah, of course. The thing about you know Ni Daime is that he is a he's an elite Tengu, you know, on Benton's level. Yeah, like he's he's at least as powerful as her, and I'm pretty sure she knows it. Oh, I'm sure she's well aware of that fact. But yeah, uh, eccentric family still very good. <laughs> Alright, so let's move on to some uh, listener comments here, I believe. Uh, and we were going to do a, we were going to review a listener question from a previous. Well, yeah, I, well the comments here, I think, uh, let's see, there's, well there's two, two comments uh, from Mark uh, about Attack on Titan, which... Uh, getting to spoilers, uh, so it's probably best we do not read them on the air. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, just letting Mark know that we 
have indeed read those um but yeah we also had um if i recall correctly um some some of mark's questions that we did not get to in the previous recording uh yeah because there were so many of them well the main one uh yeah the main one we didn't get to uh was about uh the other like i guess uh like, our opinions on some of the other winter shows that we didn't, uh, like, review episode to episode. Oh, right. Uh, so I can go through... Uh, so I can go through some of the shows. I think... I, I talked about, like... Yeah, I talked about Konosuba Season 2 uh, last time. It's a great show. Uh, you know, an exam- it's a, you know an example of uh, yeah the isekai a satirical take on the isekai genre. Uh, yeah, I I gave up on Masamune Kun No Revenge after three episodes. Uh, yeah, you too. Uh, yeah, Blue Exorcists. Uh, the uh, Kyoto. Uh, the Kyoto uh, Kyoto arc, it was uh, solid. I give it a four. I talked about Kuzu no Honkai. Uh, let's see. Uh, what about? Uh, and I talked about Fuka. Uh, Demi Chan. I think uh, Larry's watched that too. I think uh, Larry's watched that too. Yeah. So. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. It was enjoyable, quaintly enjoyable. Yeah, I kept on. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I liked how. Yeah, I liked its thoughtful take on you know, sort of the you know, you know, you know, monster girls as disabled people. Uh, thing. Well, I know so much as disabled, maybe as uh, I don't want to go. Well, yeah, actually. Special yeah, needs it would be more accurate to say yeah, special needs. Fair enough. Yeah, it's fair enough. But yeah. So yeah, that was. You know, and yeah, and I thought, yeah, I thought the whole thing. Yeah, I thought the whole thing about you know the uh, yeah like the uh, let's see the Dulahan with a crush on the uh, on the teacher. I thought that was handled in a believable manner. Quite. I agree with you there. So. Machi, 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 Machi was portrayed very nicely. Yeah, I may eventually catch up with it to see, like, if it addressed some of the issues I had with it, because I've heard that it kind of does. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I need to catch up on, and and like Demi Chan is kind of low on the priority list for me. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, they do actually, they do actually go back to the uh, the, the issues with the succubus. You know, so yeah, so it's not like they left that one hanging. They, they humanized her, uh, and so overall, I would give the series a four. Hmm. Yeah, I could go with your four. Uh, yeah, I gave up on Gabriel. I gave up on Gabriel's dropout after one episode. Uh, it had its moments, but. They were few and far between. Yeah, I was... 
yeah, that was like that, like, I saw the first episode, and, yeah, there were, like, a couple good jokes in it, and, but not enough to really sustain it. Well, you know, they, Kana Hanazawa and a few other people were in that, and she was, you know, she was Ezekiel and Maria the Virgin Witch, and now she's doing Gabriel, and she did a great Gabriel, but Gabriel didn't, this Gabriel was more evil than Gabriel, yeah, it, it, it was okay, it was okay. Yeah, well... Yeah, there were there. I didn't have any problem with the voice acting. Problem was the writing just wasn't, just wasn't, it wasn't well, like my I said, thing. I'm, uh, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Uh, Saren, I didn't watch because it's basically just uh, another iteration of Amagami SS, which I also didn't watch. Yeah. I didn't either, so that makes two of us. Right. Chaos Child, I did watch, and I did not like it. I mean, like, yeah, the main character, yeah, the like, the characters were okay, but the plot, uh, the plot just annoyed me at the end. Uh, because it gets into mind control, and I really hate mind control plots. Yeah, those can be, like, I've seen some that are done well, but more often than not, it's just really dumb. Yeah, and, and patched. Yeah, together. and the motivations of the, uh, yeah, the motivations of the villain were just uh, not good. I give, I give, I give uh, the series a two. Uh, let's see, I haven't. I haven't I haven't finished uh, Tales of Zestiria or Gintama yet. Uh, they're pretty good so far. I did kind of like Occubus Trip. I was I was pleasantly surprised by how like how decent it was. Yeah, because they they could have turned into Pansu Pansu Pansu, but no. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the thing is, is that it's not really a fan service show. What it is is it's a, it's kind of a self-aware take on otaku culture. And so, like each episode, each episode like deals with a different facet of otaku culture. Uh. In 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 Akihabara. Oh, when they got trapped in there and couldn't leave, that I could, you know, I could have seen that heading four or five different directions, especially the, the uh, kind of straight normal character, and not the little sister, the other one, the the blonde. I, I could I could have seen that heading all sorts of weird directions, and they managed to keep it pretty. Yeah, the animation, so like I like like the characters, the, the you know the character, the characters were fun. Uh, the character designs were pretty good. Uh, the animation was cheap and frequently off-model, but expressive. I mean, okay. like... I could... Yeah, you're right, but yeah. Uh, I... I wasn't thinking of it that way until you just said it. It's like, yeah, that's 
so. Yuck. That's a pretty spot on to quote. Right. Uh, so I give I give the series a three. Uh, yeah, that would... Yeah. I don't think I'd have gone much further yeah. than that with it. Akka, I liked it. It's like, <laughs> it plays out as the chillest political thriller, but that it was kind of, that was kind of part of its charm. Uh, but I think in some respects it was a little bit too chill for its own good. Uh, but overall, I liked it. I give it a four. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I think that uh, covers. There's a bit. There's a few more uh, handshakers. I got some things to say about that because I watched the I watched the whole thing. The like the direction. Why and the, did you do that to yourself? Okay, it 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 actually had a few redeeming features. I will give it that. The direction and the animation were horrific all the way through. They were, like, I mean, because it, it basically consisted of, like, you know, a director and animation staff that were just completely wrong-headed about everything to do with how they presented the show. But the story had some strengths in that the, uh, in that, like, the main female character had a legitimately good character arc. And, you know, and, you know, she, so, so like, she doesn't, she, you know, like, I mean, she starts out as completely voiceless, you know, uh, you know, as this, you know, you know, Moe waifu type character. But over the course of the series, she develops agency and she finds her voice. And she's able to, like, you know, actually express her feelings. And, uh, you know, and contribute to, you know, and, you know, and, and actually, you know, they, you know, she, you know, forms an equal partnership with the, with the main character. So, that part was good. But, yeah, just the, uh, the presentation was terrible. I mean... Overall, I would give the show a two. Yeah, I gave up on Aurora Marucho after three episodes. Uh, it was the one about the fortune telling girl? Fortune teller girls? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it's like it's cute, but they're just no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but there's just, like, no forward, no sense of forward momentum or progression. Because, I mean, it's a four-coma adaptation. <clears throat> and so I gave up on it. Uh, rewrite was not good. Yeah, I mean, like... And like some of the characters were appealing, but the plot was the plot ended up in a very unpleasant place. You know, because it, it seemed like it's just like where you know they end up like you know practically destroying the world to just make this really half baked 
ecological humanist point, and it didn't work. I give it a two. <clears throat> I gave up on Elf Live after five episodes. Not that it just pretty substandard, substandard uh, shown in action. Uh, I would give it a two. Uh, okay. Now, Yoamushi Petal, New Generation. This is, this, this was, is, is, is a great show so far. Because it, because it's actually continuing into the spring season. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it, it actually distinguishes itself from a lot of other sports shows by how, by, like, how it, it ends up how it ends up after the end of the first after the end of after the end of the second season because this is actually the third season of the show uh you know because the like the second season was grande road which basic which finished off the uh the first interhigh arc and the grande road ends with you know our heroes actually winning the big race in their first year which is huh. which is actually unusual for a sports for a sports series because typically in a sports series, you know, in a sports series the heroes lose their first big race, you know, yeah, so that they, they can have be to, like crawl back up to yeah, succeed. so they can so that so that they can be motivated to uh, they can be motivated to train and improve and you know win in a rematch, but in this one they actually win. Their first big inter high, so like, so like our hero, Onoda, you know, he's actually, he's actually, he actually, he wins the race as a first year, and so this season has him basically being the defending champion, and you know, and so it has the third years uh, from the previous season actually moving on to college, and. And so, like, there's episodes where, with like, there's scenes in this season which actually, you know, uh, checks in with them, like, in their college careers, which, <laughs> it, it which is kind of cool, you know. And it also deals with, you know, like the first years actually being like being promoted to second years and actually having to be like senpais to. Uh, like a new crop of first years uh, who joined the team, and you know, so now it's just starting in, just starting, you know, for like the you know their their second big inter high race. So it's really interesting stuff. Really good. I'm, I'm really liking the show so far. I'm giving it a four. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about Onihe. In the uh, you uh, stopped keeping up with it, but and it basically yeah. continued pretty much as it was, as in, you know, a solid police procedural. Yeah, like not nothing special, but good. Yeah, it's good, and one of the interesting things about it is is uh, is the character of uh, of Onihe himself, because. Like even though he's a you know he's a he's basically a police chief, 
he is definitely not lawful good. You know, because he is willing to tolerate, you know, he is willing to, you know, tolerate, you know, stuff that is flat-out illegal, you know, in the interest of a higher morality. Yeah. You know? So, so it's, it's, so it's where the, uh, you know, it's like the main character clearly understands the distinction between law and justice. And that makes him fascinating to watch. Um, I'm giving the series a whole, I'm giving the series a four. All right. Uh, oh. Let's are see. We, I, ha- I haven't finished. I haven't finished Bang Dream yet. The last one I'm on. Last one uh, is a uh, Piace, which is actually which is a series of short, of uh, short episodes. Like each of the episodes is like five minutes or something like that. And it's like it's about a girl who uh, you know, a high school girl who starts working at an Italian restaurant, uh, and you know starts to like really get into Italian cooking and it's. Like, it, the animation is cheap as hell, but the characters are fun, and the closing credits are interesting, because each each episode, each episode of the, clo- the closing credits show, like, like, they show, like, recipes for various Italian dishes. Except that they didn't translate, they didn't translate, like, the directions. So, like, you could sort of hear... You know, so you could sort of hear, like, the names of ingredients, like, being rattled off. And, like, you could see, like, you know, the ingredients, you know, like, the ingredients being, like, added to the mix and everything. So, and, and each episode, like, the ingredients, that the ingredients are different. So it's clearly, like, they're trying to give recipes for, you know, Italian food. But, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... It's because they didn't subtitle it. That's the that's the fundamental problem. Is the subs didn't they subs? Yeah, um, signs signs and stuff like that. Uh, and there's a lot of anime now that the signage is is important, and a lot of that did, people are just not taking their time to s- subtitle it, and it moves so fast. You take a screen cap of it, and then you try to figure out how to translate it, and you're like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I give the show overall three. Which is a, it's okay. Uh yeah, Idol Jihan, I gave up on after two episodes. It was crap. Yeah, I give it a two. And that's it for uh, the winter shows. Other than... All right. Oh, oh, yeah, other than... Actually, oh, there were the uh, the continuing shows from the fall, which were actually... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're done. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. We're done. <laughs> uh, that was... Yeah, I... I'm just gonna cut you off right there. <laughs> I watched a lot. I watched a lot of shows. Yep. Boom. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. We noticed uh, it. There is one uh, question that he has um, from the previous set of questions that I did want to address. Um, it's question eight, where he asks, "Why are politics a no-no in the podcast? And can we quote the news instead of from a partisan's way?" Um, it's not that like. So it's not necessarily that politics themselves are a no-no. Like, I'm certainly fine mentioning what my t- politics are and have frequently. Um, 
It's just that when we talk about them, we try to do it in a way that uh, is relevant to what we are currently talking about. So we're not just going to start talking about politics just for the sake of talking about politics, because then we just be distracted forever and this show would run like for for four hours <laughs> well it's like my it's like my grandfather said in public uh to just keep things on an even keel you always kind of avoid sports politics and religion and if you can if you can keep those three out of public conversation public conversation yeah, so so i think we've always been like fairly comfortable and like not at all hesitant to talk about our political beliefs like when it's brought up in relation to something we've watched um i I know we've brought up the subject of nationalism and fascism in regards to anime like gate or yojo senki or things like that um and also just in general with the when we've talked about shinzo abe um occasionally um but yeah, like we, we try to, it's not that we're against talking about politics, it's that we, we try and do it in a more limited fashion, um, because that's, because politics isn't really what this podcast is about, so we really only bring it in when we feel it will be relevant to either sort of interpreting the events of a show or explaining why we react the way we do to certain plot elements. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right, because, yes, although, <laughs> don't get me started on economics, either. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's, a, no, economics no, stop, is almost stop, more stop. complicated. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, we, so, we went into yeah, I just, I just wanted to address either. that real quick. Um, so, yeah, that'll be it okay. for this episode of BakaCast. So, yeah. Um, you can uh, you can uh, comment, uh, send us questions uh, either on our blog at www.projectharhi.net or at uh, the show page on Audio Entropy. Um, you can also send us emails at bakacast at projectharhi.net. Um, when I actually meant when I actually went to make a bakacast at Gmail account, I found that someone had already taken the bakacast at gmail.com name. So now I'm trying to figure out whether I still want to make a VodkaCast Gmail, maybe do like VodkaCast underscore AE. I don't know. Maybe I'll just stick with VodkaCast at ProjectTarhi.net for simplicity. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Is our page even, is our uh, audio entry page even up yet? Uh, it's going to be. Like, it's, it's, it's in draft mode right now. Um, I'm just ironing out some stuff. <laughs> Before I, yeah, okay. Because like well, switching well, podcast feeds is complicated. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, like I said, we uh, let's let's do this, and then we can take care of the housekeeping after yeah. the podcast. It, it's Say there should be there there will definitely be an episode up by the time someone listens to this episode. That I can guarantee. <laughs> there will be there will be at least three others. Well, two others, I should say. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, a tree, ben, a tree. Dustin, three, two, one, Kitabush. Kitabush.
To my friends in the Midwest who are looking out their window and realizing that they now have a lake where there was none, uh, I feel for you folks. Uh, it does go away, but it has this bad habit of coming back. See you later. Bye.